Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's a pleasure to have you on the program His Word. And I'm Tom Gostuwe. In this program, we look into the Word of God. We just read the Word of God and get to know what God is saying to us through His Word. Because the Word of God is in the Bible, is the Word of God. It reveals the mind of God and His purpose for humanity. Today we are into the Psalter, we are looking into Psalm 5 and we're getting what the Lord is saying to us. What were the praisers saying to the God and the worshippers saying to God and what does that mean to us today? I believe you will be blessed as you read and understand that we need leadership or guidance from the Lord such that we, do not, we are not affected by, by what happens around us. Be blessed. Today's title, actually, today it's a Psalter Sunday, as we normally have a Psalter Sunday, where we just read the book of Psalm. So today is the Psalter Sunday. We will be reading the book of Psalm. Today we are in chapter 5. If we can turn to Psalm chapter 25, or Psalm 5, not chapter 25, but it's Psalm 5, we will just read the whole Psalm. It's not really that long. I think it's 12 verses. And then we will talk about what is God saying to us through this word, because there is a purpose what, why we have the psalm here. I'll elaborate later. Let me read Psalm 5. I'll take it from verse 1 to the last one. I'll read from the NIV. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence. You hate all who do wrong. You destroy those who tell lies. The bloodthirsty and deceitful, you, Lord, detests. But I, by your great love, can come into your house. In, rever in reverence, I bow down towards your holy temple. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. Because of my enemies, make your ways straight before me. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let the intrigues be their downfalls. Punish them from their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Holy Spirit, minister to us. Reveal what you are saying to us through this word. May it change the way we do things. May it change the way we think to be more like you, God. To do things as you want, God. To walk in the way you want us to walk. Holy Spirit, take control in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I've titled this psalm as a Christian prayer in today's world. 
We live in a time that is so confused. We live in a time where there is so much information that is available to people. And we live with people in a community that we communicate. It might be at work, it might be at school, it might be just even the community as you walk around. We have television, we have the information available to us, and all is there. So this psalm actually is a psalm of a lament. This is a person is directed to, to, to a mu director of music. That is the prescription that they say here. And then they also say that it is a prayer, a psalm of David, a royal psalm. We live in a time which is confused, but there are people who still want to maintain integrity. There are people, you see, in this time and age, you have to live a Christian life. The Christian life is so much demanding in terms of your conduct. It has to be pure. Now, if you are living in a clouded area that is polluted and you still want to maintain your faith and your purity to Christ, there are some challenges. Hence, this person is like, he's making this prayer request in that time of distress where he's living in a community that is distressed. Today, as we go in a bus or whatever, there, is always, uh, there are always people that are around you. And there is so much deceit in these days. If you watch TikTok or whatever, social media, people are saying things. There is this spirit that is there of these people who claim to be Sangomas, ex-Sangomas. You know those people. They have uh, their teachings that they are saying to their people. They are also preaching whatever. So this psalmist is making a prayer request. The first verse, it says, Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. This is a cry. Consider my cry to you, God. This is a, pray, a person who is praying to God. You see, he is praying to his God. This is a full prayer that he's making to God. I will combine it with verse 2 where he says, Hear my cry for help, my king, and my God for you. For to you I pray, Lord. There is a relationship that is portrayed between the person who is the writer of the psalm and the God, our God Almighty. There is a relationship. The person makes his prayer request to God each and every morning. He's claiming that, God, you hear me each and every day. You hear my cry to you, God. We cry to God. Uh, I know sometimes we can think that as men we have to be strong and think, think things we can actually make them work. But sometimes you need to cry to God that, God, Please hear my cry. God, you know there are school fees that needs to be pray, paid, but God, I don't have the money. God, you know that I'm sick, there is this pain. Please hear my prayer, hear my cry. So this person has a relationship with God, and he's communicating and praying to him. Now, he's saying in verse 3, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. When do you pray to God? This one, it was his habit. It reveals that his habit was to pray each and every morning where he declares his request to God. God, this is what I need. This is how I worship you. This is what I need in my life. There is a relationship between the psalmist and God. We'll get to know why the person is actually making what is the request for. But as we read in verse uh, 4, in the morning I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. 
verse 40 of uh, chapter 40 of the uh, of the book of Psalms, Psalm 40 verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Now, I don't know if you know it. There's a time where you pray and there's a time where you receive what you are praying for. There's a time lag between the two. So that is where your patience is really put to a test. How patient are you? This is where you have to wait for God. There is a difference between waiting for God and waiting on the Lord. If you wait on the Lord, you claim on the word of God, God, this is what you've said. But if you wait for God, it's like you've said, God, I've prayed, I've waited on your word, and I know it is true, and I know you are going to do it. Now I'm waiting for you to answer my prayer. That's a prayer of faith. And that's a challenging uh, time for us as Christians. Actually, that is where we mess up most of the things. Because as you wait for God, maybe you are looking for that job and it's still not coming up. It is not showing up. Maybe you are praying for whatever that you need and you make your earnest prayer to God. You have fasted. You have read your word. You have proclaimed the word. You have stand on the word. And you, you've done everything that the word says. But now you've said the amen. But there's no answer. Earlier this week, I had some stress. Stress, as she said, she had a stress. Business people, really, if you are not a business people, we are happy. I should say, please continue where you are. Sometimes it's good. Because at least on the 21st or on the whatever day of the month, you know you'll get your salary. But if you are self-employed or you are in business, you have to pay people. You have to, you have to make things work. As you pray, I was so frustrated because I was expecting this person to pay me, but they didn't show up. And that was a man that was going to do a lot of payments to, to other things. But then I said, let me pray to God. On Wednesday, as we prayed, because on Wednesday we normally have a prayer here, but I think I, I read it on Monday, this word that says, let us make our requests known to God through prayer and our petition. Let them be known to God. And then it says, one verse says, and God will bring the peace, God's peace that surpasses all understanding will be in your mind. I was so stressed. I don't know if you know what I'm saying. When you are stressed or something are not going as planned and you pray earnestly, let's say you need money. That's, that's a common one. You need money and you earnestly need the money tomorrow. You pray to God. And the moment you say amen, the peace of God comes into you. It becomes so refreshing like you've got the money. But there's no money. And then that's God working. I don't know if you experienced that. I remember wh when I had that feeling, I said to myself, God, I know now you are doing this thing that you say is the peace that surpasses all understanding. I know now. But the peace does not help me. I need the money. I need the money, God. But you know what came to me was, it is the peace that keeps understanding. And what happened thereafter, uh, like she said, I, I received a lot. Even I came late at night, I think at 1 a.m., I was working somewhere. That's God revealing his answers when we pray to him and you wait. Now, there's a man in the Bible in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 25 to 35, Simeon. This was a devout man, that's what the Bible says, that he was a man who was praying for the relief or the consolation of Israel. 
he was praying to God, and he prayed that God, if I could see the person who's going to relieve or console, console, console Israel, then I'll be at peace. Then, there and behold, the Spirit of the Lord led him into the temple, and as he was in the temple, Mary and uh, the father of Jesus Christ, they came into the temple and they, he, he, they gave to him Jesus Christ. And he said, Father, now your man can die. But what am I drawing there? It was the patience. There is the gap between the time this man earnestly prayed for the consolation of Israel and the time he received what he was praying for. So the psalmist is saying, I wait for you. And he's saying, I'm waiting expectantly. Now, when you are waiting expectantly, it means you are waiting and you know that God is going to do something. You see, when you are waiting expectantly, you are always expecting something is going to happen. God is going to do it. That's what you have to have in your mind when you have prayed to God. You wait expectantly. I know it is a challenging thing, but you have to do it. This praying person has that. So he had this prayer to God and he's actually waiting for God to act for him. Amen. Now, he then turns now to talk about the condition around him. The condition that he portrays is that, is that of the people that are surrounding him. He says, you are an, uh, we are, you, for you are a, not a God who is pleased with, wicked, with the wicked and evil people. You are not welcoming them. They are not welcome to them, to you. People who are wicked can never be, let me use the word because wicked maybe is complicated, but evil, evil people. Evil people are people who are always contemplating on doing things that are against God's will. People who always think of how can I crush him to get what I want. Their thoughts are so evil, devil-possessed. And those people, they are not welcome in the presence of God. The Bible says they actually cannot dwell with God. Where we are going into heaven, there is joy. And where we are going is people who are not evil. So people of God, as we are on this earth, we are not expected to be evil people. People with evil intent. People who do not do according to the word of God. Verse 5 reveals pride, arrogance. They cannot stand in God's presence. This is a sermon on its own, just on arrogance. You see, arrogance is just to be boastful. I can do it. If I am a keyboard player and I'm boastful, I can say, you know, no one plays like me. I can do it. It's because I'm gifted. It's because I can think and, and do all the math in my mind as fast as I can to play what I'm doing. You give yourself the glory. People do that. We do that each and every time, sometimes, not knowing that God is not happy with that. What we are is because it's what God has done for us. We cannot then boast. Psalm 75, 4 says, to, uh, to the arrogant I say, boast no more. And to the wicked, do not lift your horns. Boasting is just blowing your own trumpet. I can do it. And one of the things that I, I learned or read in the Bible several times, you get to understand that God does not like pride. Boastfulness. I am like this because I can. But if you say, and in your heart you say, it, I am like this because God 
did it for me. That's God's glory. So God hates those people who are arrogant, and he hates all those who do wrong. So if you are someone and you are here, and you are someone who does some things that are wrong, know very well that God is not happy with us. So in verse 6, he's talking about lies. Oh, common lies, lies, lies. In, on the cell phones, I'm in Manzini, Etuya, in Baban. I'm where, you know, lies. It says, you destroy those who tell lies. In other words, there are people around where he, are, where he is. They are telling lies. They are liars, Bazalwane, even today. They are liars. Around us. But remember, the title is The Prayer of a Person in this different world. How should we pray as Christians? What do we, how should we survive? You also say the, the bloodthirsty and the deceit you, Lord, detest. It's the same as those who lie. Now, if you talk about bloodthirsty, those are people who are violent. Those are people who want to do things their way and they can kill to get wherever they want. God does not like that. Now I think you can reflect on the things that you see in your life or around where you are that are not pleasant to God. If we look around, there is homosexuality. God is not pleased about that. There are people who lie. God is not pleased about that. And nowadays, there are people who kill people. We read on the social media or on the news that just yesterday, someone killed his wife again and himself. And last week, four ladies, girls, uh, ladies were killed. I mean, it's getting common. That's what we experience around us. These are things that are happening in our surroundings. But what should the righteous do? Now, the man of God, who is a psalmist, now enters into the presence of the Lord. He's now making his prayer uh, to God. As he enters, he said, By I, by your great love, can come into your house in reverence to bow down to you. Ephesians 3 verse 12 says, In him, that is, in Jesus Christ, and through faith in him, which is in God, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. We can only approach God through Jesus Christ. Now, the person comes to the presence of the Lord that, God, now I come before you. I've seen what is around me, but I still submit myself and I still want to come to you. I wonder how many of us want to still say, God, regardless of what is around us in this world, but I still want to come to you. And this is my prayer to you. As he says, I'm coming to you, and now he submits to the Lord. And this is actually what he has been saying actually in the beginning, that, Lord, you hear my prayer. Now, this is his prayer. Lord, lead me in your righteousness, because my enemies make your ways straight. Sorry, because of my enemies. Make your ways straight for me. Now, the prayer of the person is the leadership by the Holy Spirit. Pray to God that God please lead me. You see, when we are led by God, even in this, despite of this uh, confused world that is around us, as I have explained, if we are led by God, we are on the right track. But how does God lead us? God leads us through his word. As you read the word of God and make it practical in your life, you see, reading the word of God without making it practical in your life, it's useless. If the Bible says you should not lie, 
then you should take it upon yourself that I don't want to lie. And you stop it. You do it. But the mistake that we do is that as we read the word, we just think it's an archaic book. It does not apply to us. But you have to apply it in your life. So if you're praying that, Lord, lead me in these confused times, you are on the right track. So he's saying, lead me, Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. He knows that he's attacked and there are those people who want to distract his life and to lead him in a direction that is against God's will. Because God has a purpose for each and every one of us and we should align to that purpose. But the enemy's main objective is that you derail from God's purpose. So if you pray to God, Lord, please lead me even in this time. Let it be our prayer, even in this confused world, to the young people, to us who are old, that God, please lead us. Now, he continues to talk about the people that are around, that even if all this is happening, lead me, God. He says, nothing comes from the mouth. Okay, not a word from the mouth can be from their mouth, which is the evil people, can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues, they tell lies. Let me read from another version that says, "Nothing they say is true. They just want to destroy. Their words are deceitful, like a hidden pit, and their tongues are good only to telling lies." Now, what does that mean? You need God even in the evil people. There are evil people around you that, Lord, please lead me. Some people will advise you, but you still need to be led by God. I like this man's prayer that, Lord, lead me. You see, when you are led by God, regardless of what I say to you, as a person, maybe even as a word of advice, because some people will come to you and advise. Wise advice is good, but some advices have selfish intentions. People, you see, there are people who have pure hearts, but there are people who have evil intentions. And actually, if even if someone advises you, because that's why we say it's an advice, it doesn't mean you have to apply it as it is. But what is important is, what has the Lord said to me? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me on the advice? What is God saying? One of the most uh, important things that I've discovered in my life to be good to lead is the leadership of the Word and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. There is no regret in following those, in adhering to what they say. Now, the person goes to pray for the people who are evil. Verse 10. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. From the ECV, punish them, God, and let their own plans bring their downfall. Get rid of them. They are committing crimes and turning against you. This is the prayer of a person who is mistreated or ill-treated, and he feels the surroundings are not fair. Instead of shouting, and making noise, he makes a petition to God that God, please help me, just lead me. And as he makes this petition, that is how we have to portray ourselves as Christians. That Let our request be known to God. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So as a Christian, 
we are not expected to go around making a lot of noise and actually gossiping around about the evil that they are doing. This is what the psalmist is telling us, that he prayed to God, that God, please lead me. And as you lead me, because he feels the pain of the people that mistreated him because of their evil ways and the evil way things they do, he's making a prayer to them that, God, may you please lead, deal with them. Let their own plans that I have made bring them down. Get rid of them. They keep committing crimes and turning against you. However, I know we have to pray sometimes and God, please help this guy who is mistreating me. That's why we normally pray for. But it's always good to tell God, even your heart, even your evil heart, such that he can cleanse it and make it pure. Because if you don't communicate, we don't have an open conversation with God, you actually have problems. Have an open communication with God because he even knows the deep thoughts of your heart. So this person is praying to God. He's showing that besides, it in despite the mistreatment, my, pray, my faith and my hope is still in the Lord. Remember the verse, Exodus 14, 14, that be silent, the Lord will fight for you. That's a very important verse. God will fight for you in all that you go through. As a Christian, regardless of the situation that is corrupt around me, lead me, Lord, and God, whoever is mistreating, mistreating me, you will deal with that person. Verse 11, he's making a prayer for those, who put their, put, uh, for those who put their trust in God. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. We who love the Lord, we who put our trust in Lord, in the, in the Lord, that we be glad. And if we take our refuge in him. Now, what do you how do you take your refuge in him? If it's a, talking of a refuge, that's a place of safety. That's where you go and you know that there is nothing that's going to harm you in the presence of the Lord. So the psalmist is talking about in the refuge, going to God as refuge, you're going to be happy with that. And then he concludes the psalm about the goodness of the Lord. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. As we are Christians, God is protecting us. As a shield, he's using a shield that we are protected because we are the righteous of God. We have been made righteous through Christ. As we come to a close in the application in our lives of this psalm, what is this psalm te teaching us? Because this is a psalm that we've just read. The psalm is teaching us that we have to put our trust in God and make it your prayer each and every day. Lord, please lead me. As you wake up each and every morning as it was the prayer for this man that God, please lead me today. As you wake up tomorrow or even today, if you haven't prayed, pray God, please lead me and adhere to his leadership. And let him lead you in all that you do in the day. You actually even have to involve God uh, as you even go to buy things or to, buy, to purchase commodities for your household. God has the power even to lead you to the right shops that have the sales on that particular day. So ask God in your life, lead me, Lord. In the time of confusion that we live in, where it is confused. You see, I've, I've said if you... Follow doctors. They will, some will tell you don't eat sweet things. But another one will say sweet things are good. Someone will say 
Don't exercise. Someone would say, exercise, it helps you. It's just conflicting information. You get confused. Just like that, the world is confused. But we have to seek God's leadership. That's where we are. Amen. And his spirit will lead us. Even this week, as we go throughout the week, let God lead us. And he will guide us into all truth. He will not speak on his own. That's the Holy Spirit. As John 16, 13 verse says, he will speak only what he hears from the Father. Let's seek the Holy Spirit to lead us each and every day of our lives. And as people scandalize our name and they do bad things about us, that's fine, but we make our petitions known to God and our requests and our all the things that conflict us, that, that, that suppress us and that makes us to feel sad, we make them known to God through the prayer. Amen. Well, we've come to the end of the program. I believe the word of God has ministered to you and actually God has revealed what he's saying to us in Psalm 5. Now we understand that regardless of what is happening around you, all the cloud of uh, corrupt people, of the confusion that is in the world, it is important that the Lord leads us. It is important to seek his leadership in our lives such that we do not deter or we lose focus of what he wants us to achieve. I believe God has ministered to you and your life has changed. God willing, let's meet next time. I'm Tembos Dube and good.